I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players and we're here to talk all about that bass as well as answering your questions at home each week we take a look at the latest news maybe break down some tones all to give you the lowdown on the low end now as you can see this is a bit of a different episode as to what we would normally be doing we are here in the wonderful ashdown hq with managing director hello with Dan here um, to talk a little bit about Ashdown Amps, place in the industry, how things are going at the minute, and to nerd out about all things bass, of course. Uh, before we go on to that, Chris, are you okay being here in the flesh? It is quite strange being this close to you, I'm not going to lie. It's usually about a two and a half hour drive away from you. So to be, you're a real person, you it can, feels strange. You can cut the sexual tension with a knife. Um, <gasps> <laughs> No, it's it's good. I like it. Cool. We should do this more often. Yeah, yeah. should we move in? Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, perfect. yeah. Rent's perfect. cheap. Yeah, oh. I mean, yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, all right, okay. Uh, Dan, thanks so much for, for joining us, for being willing. You're fresh off of a trip yes, to China. Yes, um, No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me, and thank you for making the, the pilgrimage down to, to our headquarters here in sunny Old Essex. I know both of you have travelled a long way, and um, yeah, very grateful for that and your time. Um, and yeah, um, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, to be honest. We've been about a bit and it's been great getting out and, and seeing people and actually getting the feedback. And I think our relation kicked off uh, the Birmingham Guitar Show back in March, where yeah. we... Was that March? It was March. March, February, March, something like that. It feels um, so long ago now. It, it does. And it was. Um, I can't believe where the time's gone, but um, meeting there for the first time and then subsequently getting you a few of our new roasted series of bases down to check out and for your feedback and comments and yeah for a range that we're extremely proud of and happy with um and being able to visit the factory last week in china was phenomenal and seeing what they can do different finishes different options and just the the, the attention to detail that they have as a as a factory was um yeah, it was great to see and witness um and as with many things over the last sort of three or four years, we haven't been able to physically get to the factories that we've worked with for years um, and seeing the way that they've developed and grown and being able to kind of come up with new ideas together. Um, it was an invaluable trip and great use of time. Um, also, we had the Shanghai Music Show, which um, has always been quite a big show um, from the demise of Messer Frankfurt and others within the industry having uh, a show of that stature in Shanghai was is incredible. And actually to see people putting an effort into their displays and booths and everything else mm. for an industry that I've done NAM for the last two years, to, to say that that's diminished in scale is, is an understatement. But it's an important part of our industry is getting out and, 
and, and being with people. I think that like your presence at all those shows really makes a difference as well. You know, a lot of people, and you see it in lots of industries now, are skipping out on those kind of shows mm. now. I think it's, it, you know, it's brought to like how uh, open a company of Ashdown is to get out there. And I've been seeing you guys so much more out and about. Thank and you. in the world and, and you know, promoting Ooh. the brand, which is amazing. It, it's what it's all about. Um, and for us, we thrive on that real-time feedback that you don't get via Zoom or, or meetings or product trainings that are done virtually. It's about getting out and, and spreading the word of Ashdown. We're a, we're a little family business, fundamentally. There's a team of nine people here. Um, and um, what we've been able to achieve over the years and, um, and prior to this, um, it, we've, we're very fortunate um, and never take that for granted in many respects. Um, and prior to this, and what we've done within base, um, I'm very fortunate for the position I hold within the company. Um, but fundamentally for me, I, I left school at 16 and um, moved to Paris to become a studio engineer. And then needed dad needed someone to work in the factory at the time. And so for me, I never really wanted to work for my dad because it's a difficult thing to, to kind of balance and also live in those footsteps to an extent. Um, but that was never a concern at the time. It was just an opportunity. He needed someone to work at the factory. And it's the right thing to do is to kind of work your way up in this position. Um, so that was back in 2001. And subsequently, yeah, here we are today. Ashdown started its life in 1997 after my father previously had a company called Trace Elliott, which he established up to a big company and sold it um, to Command Music in 1992. And then... Um, uh, was let go in 1996, 97 when his contract was up due to them downscaling their American operation and mm. European entity as such at the time. Um, and subsequently set up Ashdown. Ashdown is my mother's maiden name, family name, um, uh, for those of you that didn't realise. Um, uh, and yeah, it's um, it's very much a family-run, family-orientated business. Um, I've never known anything different and I've had a very privileged upbringing from this side of the industry, really, um, not known anything different. <laughs> it's always been about base amps. But it's in your blood. Uh, yeah, um, and that is a slogan we've used in the past of base in the blood and and stuff that goes with it. But it really is. Um, I couldn't imagine doing anything different in that respect. Um, developing base amps, being around base players my entire life, um, music stores, being able to kind of visit music stores consistently. It's um, can be an expensive hobby, um, especially if you've got a bit of um, a tendency for musical equipment and everything else that goes with it. Which that, that's a problem relate. I've got at the minute. Can't yeah. relate. No. Yeah, no. Tomorrow you're yeah. going to have that problem. Shh. Don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. Credit cards were what. invented for a reason. Um, not advising getting into debt. This is not financial um, advice. No, it is. It really isn't. However, um, when it comes to gear and everything else like that, there's such a um, an aesthetic, eye peeling thing. I, I'll tell you. A, we launched the Geezer Butler Head of Doom uh, back at uh, whenever it was um, NAM 2018 something like that 2017 um, might have been earlier than that but um, we had the two next to each other the ABM and the Geezer Butler Head of Doom the ABM uh, the Head of Doom is a slightly tweaked version of the AD ABM but fundamentally you set them the same they are fundamentally running at the same element but you put two side by side and people will gravitate towards the Geezer Butler Head of Doom just because of the aesthetic that goes with it. So it was kind of a, a first-hand, 
envision of, of kind of people really do listen with their eyes. And I know it's a, a counterintuitive saying and no, it doesn't make sense whatsoever, but uh, they do. Um, uh, everything's got to stand out. And this day and age and everything that's going towards a smaller footprint, a digital footprint, for us, it's always been about a, an aesthetic that stands out, but also it's got to be, the product's got to function. It's got to do what it says on the tin. And from day one, uh, my father named the Ashdown Bass Magnifier, um, an Ashdown Bass Magnifier, the ABM. Yeah. And the idea with Magnifier was to make the instrument sound bigger. It wasn't about making it louder. It, it does that naturally. But to emphasise the instrument was was a key component in that conception and um, learning what he'd developed in the past at Trace Elliott and such. And with our electronics engineer at the time, gentleman called Clive Button, um, subsequently um, now Dave Green working with us, um, has been for the last, sort of, since 2006 exclusively, and an amazing engineer. But um, to kind of keep bass simple, uh, it needed to be effective, it needed to be powerful. Originally, the first ABM had one knob on it, um, and it was just volume because it didn't need anything. <laughs> it did more everything. Than that. Exactly, it really did. On. And the VU meter was put on to identify the brand. Um, was that always there? The VU meter? Yeah, from always the um, from the get go. Because Trace it had the UV light, it had the 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 LED clipping light, and everything else that went with it. But yeah. Ashdown needed something to identify itself and be able to spot it across stages um subsequently we have the hashtag spot the vu um but that was for me as a kid um where you'd be watching top of the pops or you'd be at a festival and um it would be spot the vu yeah because you could see it for 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 miles um and that was uh, to be able to kind of develop a product that you could immediately identify was key you've you've almost done it as if a you know the apple logo is just you know it's Apple immediately. I'm, I was just just thinking while you were speaking then of other companies in in the musical field that have like a kind of a logo. I mean, I know there's things like there's, there's Gibson, there's Fender, but that's that's the name similar to how like Ashdown has the sort of winged almost like car style on the front grill. Yep. But I was trying to think of something that's like the the VU meter, which you could draw you know with a pen very quickly if you wanted to. I see that even from a distance, like you said on stage at a festival or a gig and immediately go, huh, Ashdown. Yeah. I, I, I can't really, can you think of anyone that really has like a, no. not, not, not text. It's got to be like a, you know, like Apple, McDonald's, Nike. Well, it's like, <laughs> same level. Um, the other thing I like, you said about, you know, the wings you can see everywhere. Um, and it, you see them across stages of all levels across the world as well, from, you know, starters and beginners all the way up to pro level. And that's something that I've always really enjoyed about Ashdown. Yeah. That it's been for everyone, that yeah. everyone can afford it at, at some at some level. And you Absolutely, started off yeah. with like the half wing. You know, yeah, the, the um, little small, um, yeah. with the ABM and everything else that went with it. But everything from Ashdown has kind of derived from the ABM, really. And it was... Um, throughout the ages of trying to make that more affordable for people. Um, we introduced the electric blue line, the mag line, um, and then similarly the, the triple A. Well, no, it was the um, 515 after 8 perfect 10 um, that we did um, originally in the practice amp range, which was our first venture into small combos. Generally speaking, prior to that, it always been sort of 200 watts and above. Um but the the after eight was the first venture into that practice at market, and it's always been about trying to uh, 
achieve a, an affordable but effective product, um, reliable, serviceable, if the need ever arises. Um, and it's always been about engineering a product to last. Um, there's so much today that's disposable. And I think everything that we've done from day one, it's, you're able to repair it down to a component level. Many of those components are still available today for products that we've been manufacturing for 25, 30 years. Um, and we can still service them. None of them will end up in landfill. And it's quite an important factor in everything that we design and engineer. But it's also, as I was saying earlier, the feedback and real-life feedback from visiting shows, working with artists, take those comments very seriously. And a lot of our product development is artist and customer-led. It's not from us sat in a in a dark room thinking, ooh, that'd be fun, um, <laughs> even though sometimes it happens. And then it's convincing others that it was fun. And we, we end up with products that some work, some don't, but we always remain innovative in what we want to achieve. And we always have a clear vision of, of that at, the, uh, at day one before we start a, a road down a path of development, which could take a while. Um, but again, being a small team of nine people, we're able to react differently to others. Um, our design team here um, consists of sort of three people, um, effectively myself, my father and Dave, um, Dave Green. And then the feedback that we receive is is invaluable to those products that we develop. Um, and it can lead you down rabbit holes. I mean, we, we've developed... Um, the wonderful Ashdown audio engineering products, the, the monitors, fantastic as they are, it's a very difficult market. Um, and for us, um, over the last sort of 18 months, the need to focus on our base offering has been key, which you'll be seeing some very new and exciting products in the coming months. And you've seen recently as well, we've never sat still um, in terms of product development. It's always been something that um, it's driven our passion for everything we do. We don't get the opportunity... I don't think in any other industry to kind of sit there and develop an amp that's going to be used by by Nate Mandel, by uh, John Myung, by um, Giza Butler. Um, but that in itself, um, that whole process was was quite organic in that sense. It didn't. It wasn't a forced relationship. We didn't try too hard. If you know what I mean, it wasn't. Um, yeah, we're very fortunate for those relationships and, uh, and those opinions from day one with John Entwistle with The Who, wanting something a bit more control over the clarity. So the addition of the sliders instead of just three bands, bass, middle, treble, um, yeah. the four sliders were added to give those specific frequencies um, the opportunity to stand out, especially in John's style of playing. So many influences yeah. from different people yeah. coming in. That's, that's awesome. I was going to say, that's, a, that's an, just the, the four names you listed then is an incredibly wide range of people, like everything from John Entwistle, just to people who are still playing now, like, you know, um, John Myung from Dream Theatre, Nate Mendel from the Foo Fighters. Yep. I was thinking of Brian Marshall from Alter Bridge Absolutely. as well. And again, Those are, they almost occupy their own spaces, but it's all under the same... And we've been so name. lucky for those relationships. I mean, Absolutely, Nate yeah. walked into Base Northwest in Seattle... Uh, and bought his first ABM. Um, we didn't know. We got contacted by the tech that they're thinking about taking out on the road, and that was in 2002. Um, and I still remember those phone calls and that that original relationship starting. Um, and then the same goes with John Myung. He bought his from Sweetwater without us knowing. Um, <laughs> uh, we got contacted subsequently. I mean, um, Jeff Arment, Pearl Jam, um, mm. he uses the ABM 600, 
in a chrome rack mount finish that we did. Um, but his tech built them into these heads that looked like big Marshall heads, um, which was cool. But we didn't know that had happened. We got contacted after the fact. Um, and again, a lot of those relationships have been organic um, and going on to other bass players. Uh, Pino was such an influence in the early days of Ashdown and his playing style and everything that goes with it. The addition of the subharmonic generator uh, was for that effect. Um, uh, and Pino's always been a, a go-to for, for feedback and anything else that goes with it. Um, the work that he did with D'Angelo was solely and all of his stuff in the studio. We built him back in 1998, an ABM 500, um, and we signed it. Every member of the factory at the time signed the, the amp. And he's still got it to this day in his in his studio, and it's still his go-to recording amp. Um, and a lot of that, yeah, my father was um, a keen advocate for kind of pushing those relationships and establishing them in a in a big way. I mean, even going on to a, dive, a different element, but Mark King of Level Forty Two, the early days for Ashdown, he was such a, a brand ambassador um, yeah. for us. We did yeah. the Mark King signature amp, but prior to that, Mark was looking for something different. He just started using Fenders again. He wanted something warm and articulate and two conflicting factors many times in bass amps. You get kind of a, an articulate hi-fi amp such as an SWR or Trace Elliott and then you get the warm, woolly sort of SVTs um, of this world um, that serve a purpose. But combining the two was always kind of uh, the aim of, of Ashdown at the time. Music was changing, trends were changing. Um, it wasn't about bright pop and aggressive bass. It was about something that um, sounded as good as it looked and and worked. Um, and fundamentally, that's the be all and end all for our relationships. Is the product's got to stand up for itself. It's nothing mm. without um, we're nothing without the product. Um, if the ABM wasn't such a a go to or, or a versatile amp or a reliable amp, people wouldn't use it for as long as they have. We don't give gear away. We don't hold our artists to ransom. We don't pay them any money. Um, we're they very... Like they like it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's a testament to the brand and the product. I mean, just being here today, we can already tell, like, we're going to come away like, yeah, like these guys really care from mm. concept to completion to the, to everything after sales, you know, everything. Yeah. I say done by like, was it eight, nine people? In yeah. House? Now that's yeah. for a global brand, you know, that's, that's mad. But I love, you know, I love that. Yeah. Um, the fact that you're there at the shows and, and getting all that feedback from everyone. Really yeah, and it's you constant. Innovate with what people want at the time. I don't think you get from other industries as such because it's such a small one. It really is. Um, uh, being able to go to trade shows and catch up with the entire industry in, in, in two to three days um, <laughs> is phenomenal. Yeah. But um, doing NAM this year, doing Sweetwater Gear Fest, doing product training at Sweetwater um, and with others and opening up... Um, guitar center differently in america and doing america differently with ashdown usa this year powered by music max um has opened up some different avenues and different doors for us in the us um with the support of the uk retail and everything that goes with it we're we're very fortunate for those relationships also on a on a business and commercial level if you wanted to go into um the boring details of of, of the day-to-days um because it isn't a traditional business in the set. Well, it is a traditional business. We deal. We we don't sell particularly direct to the public. We go through retailers and distributors globally, um, and that can have its challenges within this world of most of the consumers wanting to go direct to the manufacturers. Um, 
And over lockdown, we were able to do that in a different way because we communicated differently. We got rid of a lot of B stock. Um, and after sort of 27 years in business, you end up accumulating a lot of, of um, stuff, uh, for <laughs> want of a better word. And we ended up selling direct and communicating differently direct with our public audiences, um, something that we'd not really pushed before. Um, but now it's opened up those opportunities. Um, with the likes of the roasted bases and such, mm. they're going to be available direct from our website and probably via um, the fine folk at Reverb also, okay. um, um, mainly direct without the support of the retail market that's there. Um, the opportunities are there for the retailers if they so wish to stock the products, but uh, at the moment it's a the stringed market is is quite a competitive one to get involved into. Yeah. Um, and I it, mean, let's let's touch on that a minute. Yeah, because you guys started, and when I, I did some content on the roasted range, and people were mm. like, "I can't," you know, I thought these were like way more money than what they are because they'd seen the bases you've at least previously. Yeah, yeah. Ones, you know, um, you know, that took people by. You know, they were shocked. They're like, "These bases look so good at this price range." I mean, what what made you guys want to? divert from the amps and go explore other markets, including bases? Uh, the need to diversify in one instant, um, but also it's an extension of the brand. Um, I got fed up of displaying other people's bases on our booths. <laughs> really. I don't want to see that fender up here. No, no. People gravitate towards an instrument. They don't necessarily gravitate towards an amp. Um, it's a difficult thing and a different thing. So if it's an extension of you as a brand, at a show it's easier to kind of convey that story people are drawn to the instruments because they do look good you have a um, connection to it and yeah, yeah absolutely mm. uh, and um that was really one of the core reasons is it's an extension of us how, how did the the sort of concept or the initial idea for the, the roasted series come about i was talking to joe here in the office and we came up with an idea of doing sort of some ice cream truck themes was the original concept. And Joe was like, what if it could have a roasted maple neck? And I was like, oh, well, I can ask. Um, and then, <laughs> so what if we could have a waffle neck? <laughs> yeah, a waffle yeah. neck. Um, and then um, we did them and I did, we got, we received the first samples and they had a roasted neck. Um, and I was expecting it naturally to have a um, roasted board, um, but we received them with roasted necks, but maple boards because they hadn't put two and two together at the time. It was a miscommunication. Um, so we ended up with this hybrid of a, a roasted um, neck with a, a maple board. You play one of the jazz basses. Yeah. And I was just like, this thing is it's, awesome. And right? it is. Yeah. And, and it started, started developing the bits. And I took one up to uh, Biffy Clyro just going back out on tour again. It was last November, I think. Uh, I went up to rehearsals <laughs> with James and took him one of the Saints in the, in the Onyx Green. And the Onyx Green came about with the love of cars again. It's kind of, Fender have got the Mustang and Ford America has the Mustang. We had the Capri. Uh, there was a green um, that Ford used and it was called Onyx Green. And that green kind of inspired the whole Capri range. And then it was kind of an idea of having the, uh, the they had go faster stripes on at one point. We were going to go down that whole route. But again, um, Matching headstocks were important. Uh, we wanted to fit only three colours to keep the 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 kind of the skew count low. And then it sort of turned out into it was going to be four models, five models, and then it ended up we we narrowed it down to just three models in the end. Um, 
What other models were there? Uh, there, there were there were oh, jazz basses, there were P basses, um, yeah. there were traditionals of that sense. But for us, it was like mm, I don't really want everyone's doing. You can get a great yeah. jazz or P bass, full stop. Um, from um, from the Betsy's and that that they're doing with the bass collection to the Harley Bentons that they're doing at Toman, um, you can buy a great P bass. But something that we wanted to do was trying to create bit more of a unique identity with the saint and that offset body design that originally it was called a grab tang um because it kind of had this um it had the the grabber bottom and it had the mustang horns and the whole grab thing bottom. it did it did it's got that kind of big bigger bottom mm. um to it that the grabber did um nice. so inspired by a love of uh, of of bass guitars um through the ages we we kind of stuck with that shape and then, of course, the low rider in a matte black finish. Originally, it was going to have some active pickups in it, but we opted mm. against that just due to the fact that people can modify them if they so wish. Um, the cavities in the back of the instruments lend themselves to that mm. possibility. Oh. And that's done on purpose. Um, yeah, a, that. absolutely. Um, that's a very, that's actually a really good point. I didn't, I didn't know that. I've got a Squire jazz bass that I modded with active pickups, yep. and it is absolutely not designed to allocate a 9-volt battery. And no, stuff, you so. don't have the space within the... Yeah, but it opens up a really good thing. One, it keeps the price point lower because you're not paying for... Yeah, absolutely. XYZ yep. preamp and, and pickups and stuff. But you've kind of left the door open for kind of like a a, a younger um, musician yeah. who's maybe got the low rider, they like that, but they want to they wanna mod it. Like I, I modded one of my first guitars when I was a teenager. But you've, like I said, you've you've left that open to them, yeah. which is a really a really good... Well, thing, curiosity, I think, I yeah. think is key to... Uh, probably ruin it like I did with my guitar. <laughs> yeah. But uh, live and learn and they can buy another one. Uh, yeah. um, but everything at that level, even today, it is curiosity. What if we did this? What if we did that? Yeah. And visiting China over the last couple of weeks as well and <laughs> seeing the different factories that we've worked with, many for 10, 15 years, they're not... Um, they're, they're family businesses a lot of the time and they've grown with us, we've grown with them. And... Um, seeing the opportunities that arise through the relationships and um, bits that you establish whilst you're with them. Um, it, it's phenomenal. Um, and it inspires us, um, creativity and uh, and everything else that goes with it. So it's, um, yeah, keeping that in mind with the, the roasted range, that was kind of how it came about, of wanting to offer something affordable um, but finished to a standard that we were happy to put our name on. Um uh, and yeah, we have the roasted series now <laughs> in stock, and we'll be shipping to stores—not in stock in England at the moment, but um, in stock in our warehouse. Um, and we'll be shipping globally within the next couple of months, um, and probably available within the UK, definitely direct um, within other markets. Um, watch this space um, for other key retailers supporting the instruments themselves, because um, again. Retail's not for the faint-hearted. We've always looked to support our dealers um, with the likes of PMT and others in the UK that have supported us um, from the dawn of time. We're very fortunate for those relationships. And also, amps are very difficult and different. You're not going to necessarily buy an amp off Amazon, um, generally speaking, depending upon price point and um, position. Yes, a practice amp might be appropriate to buy through amazon but if you're buying a, a gigging rig most of the time you want to go and see it and feel it and and experience it um so being on the store floors in stores is is a key part of the success of the ashdown brand um 
I went to PMT uh, in Birmingham last week, and you Sorry know, the to whole, hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole um, the whole Ashdown section there, you know, yeah. that's what everyone's plugging into to demo the other bases. You yeah. know, so like it's twofold. There's a there is there's a couple of reasons that I feel. You know, if you if if I'm wrong, please let me know. It's like I've always thought that the, the Ash, every Ashdown product just works like straight away. You, you know, you, if you set every amp at twelve and just turn the volume up, there's no oh god, there's so much, there's way too much low end, or there's no one in of treble. Everything kind of, I guess that kind of comes back around to the the one knob. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Design. Yeah. Initially, and, and the other point I was going to mention was... My high school had an Ashdown mag combo in yeah. the music department. Yeah. It was the, it was one bass amp and a M Marshall MG combo, yeah. and that's yeah. it. And then I went sixth form. Guess what amp there was in the corner? <laughs> and then I went to uni, and there was there was Ashdown heads and cabs. Yeah, it's almost like whether you like it or not, you you're always there. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then like sometimes price people points. can think, yeah, and that 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 was key as well. Um, but it was always about supporting education. But the studios that were available to us, I mean, working with pirate studios around the UK and, yeah, I was just and Europe, yeah. um, it's been key to being able to support that. Um, and it's been, yeah, fundamental to our success, supporting colleges and schools. And um, yeah, since day one, we we offer great educational support in that respect um, and think that the future, I'd rather give an amp to an upcoming bass player than I would um, to you two or, or anyone like that that um, we're fortunate to work with. But, um, yeah, I'd, we'd always support the up-and-coming unsung mm. hero more so than the the bigger superstar that's potentially yeah. got the budget to support a purchase of a of a backline. Um, uh, and, yeah, we're, we're very fortunate with those relationships. It kind of feels like in today's age of, like, social media, you would traditionally assume that to conversation to be the, the opposite way around were big fancy influencer or you know Johnny large Dibble. or Johnny Dibble uh, or like this guy or uh, like big artist in, in in big band for example would they would get all the, the free stuff when necessarily I'm not saying this is you they might already have the budget available whereas that um, that student or that struggling bass player in the teeny weeny band that you know is just about floating and really needs like a god I could really do with a bigger cab right now. I don't really think a lot of brands personally would do the association that you choose to go for. I think in the long run, that's better because to a lot of people, uh, brand association and brand loyalty is is very important. So I think the fact that you support a 
to support you off of both education and then to sort of up and coming artists is a is a very good move. Yeah, no, it's important definitely to the longevity of the relationships we have and yes, and the brand itself. Yeah. Um, one band, uh, the Libertines, um, they first started working with us back in two thousand when they first mm. started going somewhere. Um, and it was just an opportunity. They bought an amp, I believe it was from the Bass Centre at the time, and subsequently they've gone on to use that. But they yeah, they, they got in touch with mm. us. And same with Biffy Clyro. Um, they were on tour with the Cooper Temple Clause at the time, and James um, decided that he needed what Dids was using in this band, um, the Cooper Temple Clause. Um, and James got in touch, well, his manager, D at the time, got in touch with us after that tour and we arranged for James to get a, an ABM amp and they, they paid for it. Um, and then subsequently that was, yeah, um, 2002 and Biffy Clyro have gone on to be one of uh, the biggest and hardest working rock bands this that Scotland has produced. Um, and they've done really well for themselves. But you support the younger band, uh, up-and-coming bands, and we've been very fortunate for the, the places and times we've been with them. Um, and, yeah, I, from 16 years old, I had a business card that said Artist Liaison, and I'd be the kid that would wait at the back of a venue to meet the bass player and give him a business card uh-huh. um, from um, from badly drawn boy at the time to um the libertines to razor light to um the young knives dirty mm. pretty things um the cooper temple claws and um others of that era um uh, who else block party at the time yeah. um a system of a down completely opposite spectrum a lot of these relationships we've never taken for granted and we're very fortunate but you do kind of as a 16 year old kid um pinch yourself at the opportunities and moments that that we've had and I've been in and we've been in as a as a family um and like some really proud moments of of um appearances like um you two when they played Obama's inauguration on the f- steps of the white house and seeing the VU meter glowing on stage <laughs> and traveling on the That's bus a bit of me. yeah and traveling on yeah. the back of a, a a bus through brooklyn and seeing that ashdown VU meter and even to the the Foo Fighters' um, recent venture into um, into filmmaking with the uh, <laughs> Studio Six Six Six, yeah, of course, yeah, and, and getting that flicker of the VU meter, and and even Vodafone at one point had this huge commercial uh, ad campaign that just had someone plugging into an Ashdown and the VU meter just ticking on, but it was mm. on screen for a good sort of five seconds, and that'll that, do, uh, and it was everywhere. Five seconds is all you need. Yeah, and it was everywhere, and. <laughs> Um, and yeah, we're just very fortunate for, um, the time and the place and the relationships we've established, but never take any of that for granted. And, um, it's always about the product first and foremost, if it didn't work no one would buy it. I think the sign that you've got obviously amazing products also comes from that infectious nature of someone hears it and goes, Oh, what's that? I want loads. Like you said, with yeah, yeah. Cairo. that exactly happened to me. That was my first introduction to Ashdown Excellent. was boring someone's rig. Cause they, they, you know, boring the headlines act set up and it was a whole, uh, ABM rig. And I was yeah. like, Oh my, I've never had bass like this. <laughs> like my bass was magnified. Yeah. You might say. Yeah. And it was, you know, it felt so good. I went home and I was like, Mum, I need one of these. And then, Mom, I need it. Yes. You don't understand. <laughs> and then, Get out of my room. Um, I remember uh, my mum and dad bought it, bought me, because uh, I bought the head, bought yeah. ABM 
Evo 3 500, I think it's, it was. It was my first actual head. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, and then I needed a cab and my mum and dad surprised me with it. They were like, we've made you a cup of tea. And I was a grumpy teenager at the time. I was like, what? Oh, I came down. The cab was there. I was like, oh my God. And like, so I've got this fond memory of just that, wanting that sound. You know, yeah. It was the first time I was like, wow. Like, this sounds incredible. Thank me. you. Um, um, uh, that that that's fundamentally what we've relied upon. Uh, it is word of mouth, and it is um, hear it to believe it in that sense. And and yeah, a lot of people echo that that story of it. Um, and we're very fortunate to be many people's first bass amp, um, and people hold that memory in heart. I mean, even Joe's um, first bass amp was an Ashdown, and and sub so many subsequent stories of yeah, that was my first amp and like oh that was my dad's amp and my dad lent it to me like um we had matt barnes from you me at six down the other week yeah. and um i didn't realize but he'd borrowed his dad's amp um for the first time and used that ever since and it was a mag 300 and that was oh. the first amp they took out on tour wow. um and that's been the only amps he's ever known and used and yeah we're very fortunate for that um timing and everything else like that being 1997 and and uh having kind of the, the heritage of amplification already from Trace Elliott to, to more. It's, yeah. um, and, you it's, know, it's, times with the um, amps are moving on, yeah. got digital creeping up in yeah. all different places, what people all But we, we, we tried to kind of uh, be ahead of that. Um, we came up with the Superfly uh, back in whenever that was. Um, I'll have to look at the calendar. But um, I'd say about 2002, no, 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 2004. 2006-ish um, and that thing was the first Class D bass amp fully programmable MIDI controllable and everything that went with it and that was opened up through a visit to China actually at the time and seeing some of the technologies that were available within the PA market uh, and what could be done with parametrics and EQs and shaping and Ashdown Labs was formed at that time I think it was about 2004 2005 um, thereabouts Um and yeah, subsequently, you, you try and remain innovative, um, but yet develop something for a reason. There's um, no point developing something that doesn't have a purpose. Um, even today with the CTM15, it was a, it's a desktop tube amp. Um, not many people were asking for them. Um, however, it, it was a tool. It was everyone's offering, oh, get this tube emulated overdrive that's available in seven different plugins and everything else that goes with it. Why, why not just for the money buy an amp that, that actually it's not emulated? Yeah. Um, it is a, a valve distortion. It does have a, a, a valve transformer isolated DI output on it. It can be used without a load connected. Um, uh, and I guess it's like bringing that modern technology twist to a traditional kind of yeah. vintage sound and product. I think yeah. that's great, bringing that all together in one and not just going, yeah, full digital, we're going to try and emulate it as much as possible. It's just bringing the useful part into the yeah. vintage. And trying to find a practical approach to gear remaining physical. Mm. Uh, it's the key to... Um, our business uh, really um, uh, we make amplifiers um boxes and like recently we did the Mannheim guitar summit show in germany great show um thank you for having us um but it's a silent show and we make amplifiers and um it becomes very difficult to demo an amplifier when its whole purpose is to make you louder um at a silent show um 
But they had the amp room downstairs, but um, again, you have to go downstairs and find it and get lost and, and, and plug in and make some noise. But um, it works, and I see that approach, but it becomes difficult as well when you plug, listen to these headphones. The amp sounds great. And yeah, the headphone market, again, diversifying into meters, I suppose. Um, that was a need to diversify and, and um, also trying to retain the brand's identity with the VU meter into a headphone was was a difficult thing to achieve and some people called us mental some people still call us mental you can't see the meter on the side of your headphone when you're wearing a pair of headphones but it wasn't about that it's as much our logo as anything but it still needed to be practical and function um i mean no one's sat there when they're playing their bass just looking at the vu meter right it's behind oh, it. honestly a few of them have <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> it's you turn up at shows yeah um uh, but no, no, they don't exactly. Um, it's, it serves a purpose, and with the the OV1B connects um, in ANC mode, they function as a decibel level meter to measure your surroundings. In standard Bluetooth um, mode, they they register the decibel output of your device that you're listening through. Um, so we've had a fair few concerned parents buy it, but it needed to have a practical approach. It needed to have a a reason and a purpose, not just to be a gimmick, as much as. Mm. It's it's our logo as much as of anything else, um, and yeah, going back onto silent shows and bringing it back round to the reason, um, having people play through headphones, it, it was the need to diversify and to be able to kind of replicate bass through a pair of headphones isn't an easy thing to do, um, where it feels as much as it as it. As it, yeah. as, it, as it does through a cabinet. And I find often with bass, you want to you crank it up mm. and have that feeling because that's half of the experience, um, but you can't get that without the room shaking or annoying neighbours, you yeah. know, all things like that. So I think it's a... It's and that, absolutely, and developing that further on to what we've got coming out in the next couple of months, um, well, will be launched at the NAM show in 2024. Yeah, Crikey, we're in 2024. Yeah, what we're doing there is developing that further into the kind of the the, the habits of bass players moving more towards in ear use and purposes, mm. but trying to replicate a lot of that feel um, is key, especially within the, the some of the new products we've got coming out. Um, uh, and yeah, um, what we can do for the bass community is um, is produce quality products that stands the test of time, um, engineered to last and trusted by the best. And yeah. we, we, we've kind of got that um, down at the moment and I'm very proud of what the team here is able to achieve um, being a little family and um, my father's still actively involved in the business that don't get any, <laughs> he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and um, I wouldn't have it any other way really because he's always been that driving force for us as a brand and for him, this has been his everything, really, for the last 30 years almost. And um, prior with his other entity, another 20 years on that. So for what he's done for the bass community, I, I tip my hat and hope to continue it, really. Yeah. Uh, it's an incredible legacy to be a part of. Um, and yeah, a lot of people don't realise we're a little family business. Um, I had no idea. And Genuinely had no idea. I, I, I kind of, that was the aim. When Dad had his old company at Trace Elliott, at one point they had 205 staff and um, they wow. were a big, big corporate mm. company. Uh, he vowed never to do that again, really, and trying to keep kind of a small company, big image, was mm. always the, the, the approach that we wanted to take. And um, yeah, we've been very fortunate to to date to, to kind of carry that forward yeah um i think we'll round things off with some yeah. 
audience submitted questions. Okay, fantastic. Together. Okay. Um, and one of them ties really nicely into that, I think. Cool. Um, somebody kind of knows about uh, the size of the company, you know, yeah. how involved is everybody in the building of one product? You know, how does it go from is that this idea into it's out there a bit, we're selling it? Um, it sort of starts, generally speaking, on an idea on my computer. And then subsequently, um, I have an argument with my father about the feasibility. <laughs> and then I go downstairs and have further arguments with Dave Green, our electronics engineer, as to the feasibility of, of the product that I've envisioned or, or come up with through a conversation. thought this would be a good idea. And then um, I then walk away from that um, conversation with Dave and let him get down to the nitty gritty of the schematic and then subsequent reviews and then leave dad with Dave for a significant amount of time whilst I uh, move on to the next thing um, and then come back to it. So generally speaking, uh, yeah, we, we all have an input and, and from the conception, I'll pass it by Joe and Georgina and Chris here and and even my mum will have an input if she thinks something looks rubbish, she will tell me. Um, <laughs> that's that's the the level. Like if mum says yeah, yes, absolutely. We're, we're good. Um, there's there's an element of that. We've had a question regarding the roasted series, obviously, and we've played them today, and it's really impressive to see that at such a low price point, how uh, like rock solid you feel. Like Thank I, you. I think you you run the chance of like with a, a lower priced instrument of I can see where. The cost cutting was at the end of the day, but yeah. I just don't see that. Is the, is the short way of describing it? Thank will you. there be will there be more from the roasted range? We've had quite a few people ask, "Will you do a five string?" Um, if the demand is there, potentially. Um, at the moment, this will be it for the foreseeable future with the models that we're offering. Um, uh, there might be an element, but again what we can do in custom shop bits and various other bits with the support of the base community. Um, the sky's the limit really. Um, but not looking to deviate too far from the shapes that we've established, um, or the models that we've established within those. Um, you know, um, the soap, uh, is actually a, a kind of a, um, a, a variant. I, I, it was a, a happy mistake to an extent. Um, yeah, I'll tell you the story, actually. Um, I wasn't going to, but I will. It was... Um, Exclusive. Yeah, this, the Saint Daily Soap Express. came about um, by a genuine mistake from the factory um, who misread a drawing um, and ended up building what I thought I was receiving was the Capri, which is a 30-inch short-scale mm. base with a single soap bar pickup. Small, nice-to-find body, beautiful little instrument. Instead, I unboxed what was labelled as the Capri and thought, that's definitely not a 30-inch neck. <laughs> that's a 34-inch neck. That's not the right nut width. Um, that's, um, what is this? Yeah, what is this? <laughs> and uh, a quick panic and um, a quick discussion with the factory. And we ended up with the Saint Soap. And it was born. And it was. And um, it's pretty good as well. It's awesome. It was a really happy mistake. It's a very well-rounded instrument. Simple, effective. I love the fact that you put flats on it um, because um, that's what I wanted to ship it with. Um, but um, they were already fit with rounds, so I missed that opportunity, sadly. I didn't want to waste a load of stainless steel strings. So um, it's a great instrument and a really happy mistake, but um, 
there's elements of that that will develop further within the same not mistakes um, <laughs> happy mistakes yeah happy mistakes at least it didn't come um, with like a massive body, body no, the normal a huge hole yeah exactly a massive around. body and then yeah. a 30 inch no it, it, <laughs> it, it works it's a great instrument um and you get those sometimes um, in production and manufacturing. You don't know until you build it what you're going to get. And kind of you end up with things that look great on paper, look great 3D and everything else that goes with it. But when you physically build it, it looks like a dog's breakfast. And you think, ah, <laughs> um, and you re-go back to the drawing board and start again. Um, it, it happens. I, I've got amps that have sat on my laptop and not got any further. Um, a few metalworks, a few bits and circuit boards and preamps and all sorts um but they'd never really develop into anything more than because you don't get the, the the spark for the idea and a lot of ideas go further with sparks um and hence the comments and yeah the, the, the roasted series could go further and probably will go further i think we're actually going to make a left-handed version through Ooh. popular demand that um, was another question that people of one model yeah. particularly um as to which it will probably be the saint um, we can't make a left-handed of every model because, unfortunately, um, there aren't that many. And I know I'm pigeonholing here, but, um, yeah, um, we have a minimum quantity that we have to make f- to, to get the price point. Um, Otherwise, the stock you'll be holding here will be all left-handed. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's not a very good um, yeah thing to sit on stock. Last question, then. Oh. What would you say is... Right now, your number one bass. My number one bass right now. Oof. Um, it's going to be the Saint. Um, just and it's the roasted one. Um, it's wow. the um, the pink one that um, you you adopted for a, a number of weeks that I've been missing here. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, That's the I only came reason we're here just to get it back. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that in itself, it's playable, it's great. You've got the best of everything. You've got the articulation that you need from a rail at the front and then having the P pickups there, turning it on and off, you can go from Paul Simonon to to to, um, to James Johnston in, in an instant. Um, uh, even getting those Mike Dirnt sort of twangs to come through. Mm-hmm. Um, the pickups are well done. The CTS style pots uh, are phenomenal. They work. Um, you've got everything you need in that instrument and actually with the the the, the smaller nut width on on that version it, it's great because it's a jazz neck on a on an alternative body shape yeah but it uh, feels more like well rounded in your hand like fits so nicely yeah, yeah. It, uh, very very happy with it um but um if i'm going to go for another um base of of complete and utter desire and passion it would always be for me my old man had a, a mad collection of travis beans at one point um and the aluminium necks and everything else that went with it that that um inset and the old kramers to an extent that aluminium neck um was something i've always loved and craved and can't afford a travis bean anymore um and don't want to wait the time for others so um yeah um the idea of an aluminium neck's quite exciting um, and what can be done there. Um, There's no one doing those on an affordable scale at the minute. No. Um, so um, the opportunity to, to visit manufacturers and, and others, um, you end up building relationships with material suppliers and such, and it, uh, you get opportunities. So um, you never know what might be in store uh, for the Saint bases and the Ashdown Roasted series um, in the future. But, um, yeah, um what other bases? Grabbers always loved a grabber. Um, um, 
Here we go. Grab us and rippers. Grab us and rippers. P bases. Um, I got given once, um, which is phenomenal, uh, by Mike Dirt, one of his signature um, American uh, P bases. Um, and it's just a great instrument having something so articulate yet big. Um, yeah, I can't beat a P bass. Simple and sophisticated. Yeah, know. completely. And um, from Guns of Brixton to to um, Longview, um, it, it does everything um, mm. you could ever want it to. Um, and yeah, recently actually, a friend of mine, Norman Rockroy, gave me a call um, about um, the potential of um, acquiring his rhythm stick, which was the. I ask Chris about that all the time, and he always denies my rhythm stick. <laughs> yeah, so. well, it's... I'm um, working up to it. And yeah, um, th- that opportunity came about, and yeah, um, whether or not I'd ever put a figure on what that would be worth, I, I couldn't. But um, that dream of that instrument is just an incredible bass, um, and the history that goes with it. Um, so yeah, no, a lot of bass acquisition um, syndromes, but um, <laughs> I sold a lot of my instruments over the years to to fund everyday life really mm. to be honest um and today i'm very happy with the bases that we manufacture and make um so much so that yeah it really is a, a go-to i'm looking around to see what else is here i mean i've got one of the john my young music man bongos which is awesome but um i can't play it um i'm not quite like yeah it's too many strings and too smaller piece of wood um but it it sounds incredible and getting those dynamics that John achieves, um, a phenomenal piece of kit. Um, but no, give me a P bass every day of the week and, or a PJ and yeah, can't really go wrong. I had this status uh, at one point that was phenomenal and I've always got a lot of time for status growing up in that 80s era of, of Trace Elliott and Mark King and everything else that went with it. That was that was my childhood in a nutshell, really, was that bright, articulate piano string. So we're going to see some bass. LEDs in these. No, 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 Absolutely. no, 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 no. <laughs> Headless roasted range coming 2024, confirmed. No. But yeah, no, instruments, basses, um, yeah, give me a P bass every day of the week. Beautiful. It's yeah. almost as if he got it right the first time. Yeah, it really yeah. is. Leo knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. It's an absolute uh, pleasure. Episode today. It's been amazing. Um, all of the links to all of Ashtown's gear, including the new uh, Roasted Range, will be linked down below. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening, then yeah, just head over to the description where you can find all of those lovely links. Again, on your listening platform of choice, please rate us five stars because it helps something to do with algorithms to help us reach more people. And yeah, the more people do that, the, the bigger we can make this and, you know, visit lovely people and interview lovely people just like this. So thank you so much. Uh, Chris, is anything, where can people find you on the internet before we sign off? You know the drill by now. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that guy on bass. I have a band called Darla. I plug it at the end of every episode. Please give us a listen. Being a small band is hard. How about you? Where can everyone find you, Johnny? And I must say, it's been it's been nice to be this close to you for the second time ever. Absolutely. Ever. Absolutely. We're, we'll yeah. be sharing a hotel bed later tonight and it's going to be very steamy indeed so mm. come on um, we'll cut that no we won't we're not cutting that bit. not cutting that note for Johnny not let you. do not cut <laughs> do um, not cut <laughs> um, for me you can find me on okay. YouTube uh, just forward slash Johnny Dibble it's my name and exactly the same on uh, Instagram as well as the main places where I'm hanging out uh, 
Dan, any, anything else you want to say before we sign off? Follow, like, share Ashdown Music. Um, you can find us on all of the social channels. Um, and yeah, check out ashdownmusic.com. Uh, our YouTube channel, subscribe. There's some incredible content that the wonderful team here put together from um, Joe and Georgina. Um, and um, yeah, uh, check us out and follow, like, share, uh, spread the word. Um, if anyone wants to come and visit, um, generally speaking, um, we're probably going to have another open day around Christmas time, um, which after the success of the one last year, it was great having people over. Um, so we're probably going to do an open day in that sense. So keep an eye out and uh, we'll let you know. Um, and yeah, um, thank you very much for coming down and, and um, making the effort to to talk with us. Um, it's yeah, we, we never take anything for granted in that respect. We might be seen to be a big global brand, but we're very much a family of, of uh, like-minded musicians and bass players um, that have a passion for, for everything bass. Um, so with that, yeah, it, it is all about the bass. And um, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Dude. You too. Once again, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.